ain't my thing, but I could put a story in your head and open up your eyes. So listen, okay, so we're back with the Juby Take. I'm Steve. I'm Adam. And with us tonight is Zachary Juby. Hey, what's up, guys? There he is. Great to be back. All right. Missed you. Now, this is a very somber podcast. We are saying goodbye to basically a family member. Cue the violins. Yeah, that we've lost. Zach, hold it together. This is, uh, this is us saying goodbye. This is doing a podcast because we lost Tina this last week. Remembrance of Tina. Celebrating the life. Yes, absolutely. Not mourning the death. Now, Tina was a very important part of Zach's life. And I know that this is difficult for him to talk about, especially so close to what happened and how it happened. It was very sudden. Uh, it was not expected. In a way, it was. You know, she was... Yeah. She was kind of old. Yeah. But you Showing just, signs. You know, if, she, she was mature, but she was my first. I may yeah. not have been hers, but she was mine. Yeah. Well, that means a lot. Yeah. It, it, you know, it really cements her in your life and, and what, you know, she means to you. Well, we all kind of look back at our first. It, it's one thing about, you know, being with others, but when, when it's finally yours. Right. You know, I mean, you can mess around with other people's stuff, mm. but when, when it's finally yours, it means something and you'll always remember that. There's a connection. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, the, the, I mean, the ones that I got to play around with before her, I mean, they were nice. They were great. Um, one, I even got to put my name on it, but, uh, there's just, there's, there's something different when it, when it is yours. That's absolutely correct. Yeah, when, when, when it's yours, it can, um, you know, it can be dirty and still be special. It doesn't, it doesn't need anything else besides, uh, you know, just, just being around and being there for you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was there when you met her. I actually met her before you did. This is true. You set it up. Yeah. Yeah. I wow. kind of heard about her and, you know, I went and had my little dalliance with her. Okay. And uh, I thought... Matchmaker, matchmaker, yeah. make me a match. I thought... Find it. me a fine. Catch me a catch. Okay. But, you know, and I thought she would be perfect for you. And, and she was for a while. I mean, when you can bring something home that cheap that runs that good, you know, how yeah. do you say no? Absolutely. Now, to the outside world, Tina was a 1988 blue Dodge van. Sparkly I, blue. Yeah, I mean, to be totally honest, I mean, there's a lot of fakeness in the world today. Tina was probably yellow. I'm pretty sure Tina was yellow. Well, she may have been a bunch of things before you... When we got her, she was sparkly blue, though. Yeah. She had some sweet stripes. Oh, yeah. Stripes and... I mean, there weren't stripes. There was duct tape. Just duct tape going down the side. Oh, no, no. We, we're going to call them stripes. Yeah. Racing stripes. At Racing that. stripes. So how long were you with Tina? Uh, I was with Tina for about two years. About two years. Uh, I think we're just, just under, just under two years. But, you know, had a lot of really good times with her. Uh, she provide a lot of different learning experiences and she got me around. She got me going to do a lot of really, really cool things that probably otherwise I wouldn't have been able to do, or even experiences that if they, the entire day would have happened without her being there, it would have been a completely different day still, even with all the other pieces about, um, you know, what the actual activity of the day was, not just the travel. She brought a whole new element and made it well, okay that she was slow. Exactly. She was comfy. Yeah. You know, I mean, she always gave her all. That's one thing I'll say. It, it wasn't, is, yeah. you know, it, it, it wasn't always easy. Uh, but she, you know, when you first got, I remember when you first got Tina and, uh, you know, you gave her some love, you know, you, you put some new parts on her and, and yeah. gave her some new shoes and we got her shoes. We even, uh, we didn't do anything cosmetic, but you know, like under the hood. Yeah. Did a couple of things. Fixed her fixed her up a little bit. Oh, tightened yeah. it up. A couple of places were getting a little spongy. Tightened a couple of screws. Tightened them up. It's always good. It's always good. Yeah. So you took her you took her to Flagstaff. Yeah. And that's where you guys spent a, a good amount of your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us some of the adventures that she took you on. Um, well, up in Flagstaff, you know, we have Sedona really close by. So um some of the first trips that I was doing with her is loading up the mountain bike 
and driving down to Sedona and either just spending all day there or going and spending a night and then riding in the morning the next day. And uh, it was pretty cool. One, having my own vehicle and being able to do this because I had been riding in Sedona for a couple of years at that point or not a couple of years, like over a year at that point. And every single time it was subject to somebody else going, you know, whatever trail that they wanted to ride. Um, and at their pace, I couldn't ride Sedona by myself. So that was just one cool thing of the independence of, you know, having, of, of having her with me and her being able to take me everywhere. Um, once, uh, once we got a few of those solo trips out of the way, you know, spend a little time inside of her. Nice. Uh, nice. We were, uh, I, I, I then invited a bunch of other people to, you know, take her for a twirl. This progressed into uh, the creek season in the summertime. So uh, Sedona and like all of northern Arizona in the summertime, you want to go to all the different creeks that are around there. And we just started like knocking them off one after another. You know, we did Travis Point, Oak Creek, Wet Beaver Creek, uh, West Clear Creek, uh, Sycamore Canyon, like just in all these awesome water spots. And we had a group of people. Um, the smallest group that ever went was three people and no, and no animals it was the smallest trip that, uh, that she would take for the creek as far as, I mean, besides like a solo trip. And then, um, at the most we had, I think it was eight people and four dogs. And then with eight people and four dogs, we were driving down this last little stretch of road. And there's these four girls that had parked further back because they didn't think their car could make it. But Tina could make it. Tina could do it. Tina oh. could do it. Oh, so, yeah, she could. So it turned into uh, end of 12 people. 12 people and four dogs. And Tina Tina took it. Tina took it all. Took it all. Didn't even uh, didn't even make a sound about it. Never discriminated either. No. Um, that one come all. Yeah. That, that trip after the entire day of uh, being at the creek and in the sun and having a good time, she did not start right away. Well, she didn't want to go. I mean, she was having a great day. <laughs> we, 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 were, we were having a good time, you know? That was just one of the, the lessons that Tina would teach you about perspective. Yeah. All right. You know? Wow. Good start. Um, Tina really provided an awesome insight to patience and not getting frustrated because I don't know really shit about cars and being the frustrated guy asking for help doesn't go over so well. No, because she has a need. There's something wrong. Mm -hmm. And you just have to calmly figure out what it is. Mm -hmm. Give her a chance. Like most women, she's not going to tell you. No. No, you have to figure it out yourself, yeah. which is one of my favorite comments ever is if you you need to figure it out yourself. Well, no, I really don't. You could just tell me. But then again, That'd be too easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Before we get too much further, and there's a lot of other stories, a lot of other things, let's go back now and, and let's, let's talk about the end, you know, cause we got to get that out of the way. How did it end? Uh, well, I decided that my time in Los Angeles was done. And over the last year, uh, Tina has sat about 95% of the time and the uh, 5% of her movement has happened on trips like over or around 100 miles and then small trips to the dog store or like the food dog food store to go uh, get some food for Aria and that's about it so having not having any issues and you know checking the fluids um got it all packed up and ready to go and just you know saying adieu feeling pretty good about it yeah to the city of angels leaving all that shit behind me and um tina's running fine running fine and we're, and we're going well and we get uh, outside of riverside out of the city and uh, i'm getting on to the uh the 10 freeway and man i'm hungry i'm real hungry and uh i want to uh, partake in my next um you know enlightenment of driving and I was like, no, I'm not going to do that until I can, you know, get some food. And then when I get some food, I'll be good. Let Arya out to pee, be able to knock out this uh, this next section. 
And um, as I get onto the 10, Tina starts making a weird noise. I think she was telling me something. She says, hey, man, I'm tired. Something's wrong here. Something's not good. Something's up. Yeah. And so uh, I hear this noise. I'm like, okay, this is weird. Um, Boom. In and out. That's the food I want. Pull off the freeway. Let's, uh, Let's park. And I park and... She uh she was really making that this loud clicking noise and after the loud clicking noise and parking there was a lot of oil being dripped underneath her she was leaking a lot of fluids so she was hemorrhaging pretty bad real bad um she was smoking a little bit and not the normal kind getting heated she was steamed yeah and yeah it uh, sounds like she had multiple failures you know at that point you know multiple organ failures and. So I uh, I tried to fill her back up and, you know, give her what she needed, what she was lacking. And she just, uh, you know, it was just going straight through her. Just yeah. in one hole. Out the other. Out another creek, crack, crevice. Wherever. Wherever wherever it, need, it, it was going to dip. So out. then that was. Sounds pleasant. That was it. Now. I, that was it for her. So that, it was in that parking, uh, that parking space. Um, I left her, um, unloaded everything that, um, that I wanted from her, took everything that I had given her. And um, called up somebody, said, hey, you know, this is this is here. She needs to be taken away. I can't do anything with her. Nobody else wants her. We need to put her to rest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a sad story. So uh, it is. It really is. So, so. it's not, not the first time I've been in the passenger seat or I've been in a vehicle with my brother driving away from a girl I've had an intimacy with. And just sitting there, staring at us. <laughs> Leaving her by the side of the road. Just, okay. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. Okay, good support from uh, from your brother on that. You know, I, I will say this about Tina, is that um, she did her best to get you to the next spot, to that next place where you needed to be. In her dying wish, she got you food. Yeah. <laughs> well, the great thing about Tina is Tina was very comfortable, you know, just hanging out. Because, you know, when you when you have that kind of van, and it, it was the, you know, it had the opera windows, and it had the swivel bucket seats, and the big bench seat in the back. And, and you know, just going to any event, it gave you like a little living room that you could hang out in, you know, while you're there. Yeah, it really did. It really did. So, I mean, that's one of the fun things. I know you're talking about you know, loading a lot of people into it. But, you know, even if you're going riding uh, or going to the beach or, or anything else, you know, when you're done, you can get in and sit down in a comfortable chair and kind of relax and mm-hmm. lay back. I know that, that several times I talked with you at different times when you were over in California, uh, when you were down in Orange County and and even when we were first over there, it was kind of a place to go. You know, you were staying with some people bike riding a few weeks ago around Thanksgiving and you could just go down in the van, shut the doors. It was a destination. Meditate, you know, kind of hang out. I, uh, I I spent a lot of time inside of Tina meditating. Tating, yeah. By meditating. Well, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. And... Uh, yeah, t- Tina. It was. It was. A, it was. It was a. Li- it was an entire room on wheels. Um, you know, having doing camping trips and like I, there was one trip to Joshua Tree and everybody's tents were just getting blown everywhere. And they had to uh, people who didn't think about the winds and where they're setting up their tent. All of a sudden at night, in this crazy windstorm, they're moving their tents behind rocks and they're all funneling into this one small area. And I am just. I'm sitting pretty. Sure, the van wobbled a little bit, but ain't nothing bothering me because I got a eight-person tent, you know, just on you know, made of metal on wheels. And because of my lifestyle choices and uh, and and wanting to medicate, I if I'm ever a place or if I was ever a place that didn't want that inside or on their patio, I was at a place to partake. Yeah, it was it was always a, a great place to partake. Right. That was, I was kind of alluding to that. And and absolutely, you know, it's just, it's your own little traveling living room Mm -hmm. that you can go and hang out in. And the one thing about camping that's, 
I've always appreciated is something like Tina, you're up out of the dirt. You know, you're kind of in the dirt all day and you're, you know, sitting in chairs, you're sitting around the fire and all of that, but it's kind of nice to get up out of the dirt and, you know, into a place that's substantial and, you know, you lock the doors and it's great. Yeah. And Tina was always that. That's why I think a lot of people choose to camp with campers. Yeah. A lot of people are bitches too. Sorry. Uh, No, no, here we go. Sorry, Alex. He he still, he still has that, that roughneck, you know, I'll, I'll sleep all night, you know, in the hammock. I don't, I won't get cold. I'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, at three 30 in the morning, your dad move over out of your warm spot, uh, and, and move over. Cause the hammock just didn't get it done. But you know, that's, that's you. You're, you're a tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'm one of those people. It's not an exclusive group. And sometimes you're a little bitch. Sorry, Alex. So now that we've gone over that. Yeah. Um, Adam, what, um, what was your perspective on Tina? What did she provide you? Uh, what did she provide me? You know, I, I had few trips with Tina. Tina, I think was always a great, a great place to be. I enjoyed it even if it was just in a parking lot, no matter where it was again, just a living room. Oh yeah. It was was probably mostly in a parking lot for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the trip that I recall the most, um, was our Yankee trip of, uh, going to a Yankee game here in Phoenix and, um, I believe is spring training. Yeah. Yeah. And, spring training game. Yeah. We, uh, of, but not last season, but the season before that season before that. Exactly. Yep. It was a regular season game. Oh, geez. Regular season game. All right. Well, um, we ended up pre-gaming taking Tina over to Banquin ballpark or what well, East chase field, chase field, Bob. Um, yeah, it used to be the Bob yeah. bank one ballpark. And uh, sat outside pre-gaming in Tina, and that was awesome. I'd, it was amazing to have that spot to be able to hang out with. I'm very, very jealous that you had a countless amount of trips where that was the norm, and that was what was going on because that was a special. That was like driving a limo over there. You know, it's a it's kind of a special, just like a limo. <laughs> it's it's. Just I mean, like- we. We opened up the fridge and, you know, there was the crevassier, you know? Yeah. Well, not actually. There no, was, no, 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 there was something else. But yeah, it was, it was fun to hang out in, you know, we did, we relaxed for about, I don't know, 45 minutes. Yep. And went into the game. And it, at some point, I think we went a little crazy in the van, one or at of, least one of us did. One of us did go crazy in the van. The two of you were enjoying yourselves sipping cold drinks in the back the entire drive over there i was driving right exactly right so we were over time medicating ourselves looping ourselves up for the game oh you know it was exciting the yankees were in town for a uh a three-game series and you know we had uh had some pretty decent seats so you know it was it was fun uh unfortunately you know as is the case with hard liquor yeah. You don't realize it when you're drinking it if you're excited. And Dak was very excited about what we were doing. And yeah, it just kind of caught up to you. And when you got in the game, it was like, I can't be here anymore. Yeah. I don't drink liquor too often. And downing a little bit more than a quarter bottle of rum. Yeah. Doesn't. Yeah. Go yeah. It was, well. it was the drink and then shots in between the drink. So yeah, I've been there before. I've, I've had done. that happen to me. And I can recall the time where I had to be carried away. I mean, who's going to leave three drinks worth of rum left in a bottle? No, well, apparently not you. Yeah. I mean, come so, on, jerk. Much, well, I mean, when, right? you, when you've already had 15, maybe. <laughs> but that's the thing is Tina was there waiting for you. She was there and gave you a warm place where you could stretch out. You know, it's, all, all that being true... I distinctly recall being uh, like all stretched out in a grass patch outside of the doors of Tina. See, this is about Tina, so it's true. You we were... can we can we can fudge the actual facts <laughs> a little bit, and you know we can make it that uh, that Tina was there and and embraced you and 
Yeah. You know, well, even though you yeah. were outside of the living room, the living room was still there. Yeah. yeah. I saw I still have those pictures of all of us in the in the van, you know, like some pictures of going through the the back window of Tina and you can see the ballpark a few blocks yeah. away. That was one of my favorite trips. That was probably my only only real trip with Tina. I wish that I could say there was more other than recently, you know, going over to Well, I remember when you when to you took funeral. it you, you know, you took it to California from Flagstaff. Yeah. And I drove up and met you in Kingman or just outside of Kingman so we could ride over together because, yeah. you know, we were a little concerned about Tina's age at yeah. that point. Yeah, strictly for the reason of if this doesn't go well. But there wasn't a problem the entire way out there. No, she smooth. just hum- she hummed along. It was almost like, like we didn't need the backup car or anything. And, um, you know, the interesting thing about Tina is the the headlights kind of shook and were a little weird. There was, uh, of course, no air conditioning. There was no windshield wipers. The, well, come on, let's not lie. There were windshield wipers. They just weren't attached to the arm that made them move. Okay, so there were windshield wipers that didn't move. Because the motor worked, the switch worked, windshield wipers had good blades on them. But nothing was connected. But just nothing was connected. So I just remember, you know, wondering the whole time, you know, as as we cruised over there, you know, if Tina was going to make it, she was going to sustain this this trip and, and be able to get there. And then when we finally got to the LA area and it had gotten dark on us at that point and... The freeways in Southern California are rough and they suck. Yeah, they really do suck, but they're really rough. And even my truck was, you know, bouncing around and I'm trying to keep track of you so I don't lose you because we're not really sure where we're going. We have kind of a sense. First time we've been to this particular part of Southern California and Mm -hmm. this particular house. And uh, that was just kind of a bizarre night. It was a very weird night. Parking it was never fun. Yeah, well, and that's the next thing is... Yeah, it wasn't a problem in Arizona with or in Flagstaff because there's always plenty of space, but uh, West L.A., there ain't, there's not space for a Fiat. No, and, and Palm was... That's, the, a, that's a tiny car. Oh, oh. It's a small car. Is that... Okay, so it's like a... They make real little cars. Like a really small one. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah they don't. That. They don't make any vans. A, a, not yellow or blue. No, no, they don't. It's not sparkly blue. No. Okay. It's custom. Fiat. But we're driving around the streets in Palm, California, and there's just no place to park. And there's also like five or six cars, and this is like an eight square block area that we're driving around through, and trying to find a place to park. And we drove, I don't know, forty-five minutes. You know, it's like just horrible. And finally, you found a place that you could pull into because it wasn't even parallel parking at that point. Mm-hmm. So we just lucked out with that. And then somebody in front of you, because we're just talking on the phone at this point, because I'm blocks away. Mm-hmm. I'm pissed. You know, yeah, yeah. A little tired, you know, long drive. Yeah. So, uh, but we were able to park them that night. And then over the past year, you know, that's one of the issues because Tina, it's hard to see out of her. Yeah. And trying to park. Yeah, I had all these ideas about, you know, selling or finding someone to do with it. It's a cool looking van, the opportunity that you could have with the right buyer. And um, when it all came down to it, I just abandoned the vehicle. <laughs> well, you're in a really tough spot at that point because. Well, tough, tough spot, yes, but I am also now in what I would like to call an elite group because uh, due to my survey from the last day and a half, and the uh, wide variety of the 13 people that I've talked to, most of them haven't abandoned a vehicle. No. Adam, have you ever abandoned a vehicle? I don't think like I've ever been in a position needed to. I've never been in a car that was... It's not about need, man. To the point of... It's not about need. It's about what, man? It's about... This is about anarchy. This is about... It's about joining an elite club. This is about taking the world by the... Short ones. Grasps of world holding. Okay, so in that case, no. Okay. Uh, Dad, have you ever uh, you ever abandoned a vehicle? 
Yes. Why don't you tell me about that? How many vehicles have you abandoned? Well, there's two that I can think of. How many can you not think of? Well, that would be the ones I've forgotten, and I don't think there are any. Why don't you tell me about the first vehicle that you abandoned? What kind of vehicle was it? Uh, It was a 78 Subaru wagon. What color was it? It was gray. Where were you when you abandoned it? This was in Eugene. Where'd you first purchase it? Oh, gosh. Where did I get that car? I'm not sure. It was only a couple hundred bucks, and it was a four-speed, and it was actually pretty functional. We had a lot of throwaway cars back then. We had the freezer car, which was a 70-something Ohls Cutlass. Let's stay on topic here. Sorry, throwing shade. That was the other one that I abandoned. The, Uh, uh, the, The Subaru wagon. The Subaru wagon, yeah. When we left the yellow house in Eugene, which we've talked about this before in the podcast, the designation of the different places we lived. We called it the yellow house because it was yellow. The, the backyard, there was a big tree and there was a, a opening in the gate where, you know, you could drive in and out. And, uh, I drove it underneath the tree. Uh, we had let somebody borrow it and she had burnt up the clutch. So it really wasn't going to go anywhere. It wasn't really worth anything. So I took the plates off of it when we, uh, headed out of town, out of Eugene and headed for Vegas. So yeah, abandoned. What was the second car that you abandoned? The freezer car. The freezer car. Why don't you tell me a little bit about the freezer car? What kind of what kind of car is a freezer car? Well, the freezer car was a, a white Olds. It was a four door. An Olds, huh? Yeah, Olds Mobile. Mm. And we called it the freezer car because simply it didn't have a heater core in it. And so it was freezing. It was always freezing in the winter. So every time we'd go someplace, and new kids would climb in the back of that, and we had a stack of blankets. I don't remember this at all. Yeah. Do you have you have anybody who can support you on this claims of a Yeah, yeah, I do. quote unquote freezer car? Yeah. I don't I don't oh, I Marie will remember it. Certainly Heather remembers it. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Convenient the people who aren't here to talk to you about the That's okay. So uh where were you when you abandoned the, this freezer car? I think I just left it I think I gave it to somebody and just said here. You know, I don't want it. See if you can. But where were you? In Eugene. I don't remember exactly where. Being able to abandon a car is kind of a, you know, it's it's a, it's a freeing feeling. <laughs> I don't know about that. A freeing feeling, huh? You know, oh, yeah. I, I guess it depends on the, on the, on what you're letting it go, letting go. You know, Tina had a lot of character to her, you know, Tina, the driver's side door worked. It just wouldn't work from the inside and it would lock, but you couldn't unlock it from the outside, you know? So there's like little quirks, you know, it had that, but it also had sex lights, had lights all around the top that gave off a perfect mood. Mood light. We call them mood lights. Mood lighting. Yeah. That's not what I use them for. Okay. So when, when you abandoned your vehicles, did you have anything quirky about your vehicles or have you Adam no. have uh have you ever had anything quirky about a vehicle that you didn't necessarily expect it to have that made a difference I mean nothing like that I like could live with I, I got some busted up cars that I didn't know had some issues but that was about it never any I had to bang the door twice and do a cartwheel before I had to open up the door or anything like that that would be really weird. You could only unlock one side and you could only lock the other side. Yeah, Tina definitely had some quirks. Tina definitely had some personality. She was a lot of fun to do a lot of things with. And we're going to miss her. That's for dang sure. Uh, I will miss you, Tina. Uh, we'll all miss you. We're going to... We're gonna, we drinking to Tina right now? We are. We're going to lift a glass or a mug or whatever you have. We're having a moment. We're having a moment for Tina. Let's have a moment of silence. Okay. And we're back and we're back and we're back. Yeah. I'll probably edit that out because it'll just be silence. Yeah. I mean, it I'll would remember. Be, it would be very awkward for there not to be silence after us saying that there was going to be a moment of silence. So I mean, you might want to. Exactly. I'm going to pay attention. The really, the, the strange thing is having a moment of silence for Tina when Tina never provided a single moment of silence. No, ever. she was, she had some wind she, noise to her. Yeah. She had wind noise to her. 
She had noise, motor, noise. Yeah, motor noise. Motor noise. A lot of noise. Carpet noise. Yeah. Yeah. Noise okay, so scratchy. I think to you know, we'll move on from, from Tina and we'll move on from vehicles. And there's a, a couple things that have gone on that I want your guys' thoughts on. We haven't talked about this. Are we f- freestyling right now? We're freestyling. Okay. We're, like we're gonna we're gonna jump topics. We're gonna bounce around. Uh, we haven't done this since early uh, podcasting. Yeah, this is this is going to be exciting. I'm ready to go. Okay, some interesting news in the past week and a half or so from uh, from the Yankees. Yeah, I don't think there's there was there was any messaging. You know, uh, just for everyone um, outside of the three of us that knows that most things that happen, if not all things that happen, to our sports teams. Um, usually gets communicated between the three of us almost instantly as they happen or as they are broadcasted out into the interweb. That's that's mainly because we all get our information from the exact same place. Well, there's not really a better spot to go to than Bleacher Report when it comes to sports. Something that you're going to just get promptly updates. Anyway, but I agree. And in sense, though, we talk about all these things and this is something that is huge that we have not even texted or mentioned at all, which is awkward and weird. Yeah. I don't know if I like it. Uh, My two biggest takeaways. uh, Well, actually, I have three big takeaways. One is the fact that Aaron Judge is super excited for him to be there and thinks that they're going to be best friends. And Giancarlo Stanton. Um, So... With uh, with Stanton and Judge together, I think that that could make some for for some silly antics. Now, the last time that we had a big slugger who was coming off of an MVP, who is also incredibly like Hollywood good looks, and we signed to a big contract, ended up being A Rod, which I will say that we we won championships when A Rod was present. One championship. But there was a lot of uh, BS that came around that, that, you know, I don't think anybody in this room, Aria included, is a Alex Rodriguez fan. No, no, not at all. Nope. I totally agree with you. So that so that's a takeaway from this. Just It's just interesting because at that time I was also really excited. Like, oh, look, somebody pair up with more or less my favorite player, you know, with this young core group. Yankees going back to buying players a little bit. But something that I, an article that I had read is, that it's good for baseball, you know, Stanton being in pinstripes. Baseball is a little bit better when the Yankees are hated. Right. When the Yankees are irrelevant, baseball seems to be a little bit irrelevant. You know, that's always stayed true for me, possibly yeah. because I'm a Yankees fan. And yeah, really, definitely. And I, I like all my sports with my teams in it because I like to be competitive. But, well, uh, you know, it's the evil empire. You know, yeah. the Yankees. Even though they have developed a lot of their own players over the years, the the knock on them was, oh, they just buy pennants. You know, they just, you know, go out and get the best players. I think the fact that we're, I, that doesn't win us pennants, but the fact that we're able to do that allows us to develop players in maybe a different way than other franchises. Because the whole thing, George Steinbrenner was not the super billionaire that owns sports teams now. Yeah. But what George Steinbrenner did is that he would reinvest his money back into the Yankees, where a lot of teams, uh, the owners of other teams would be making money. They would be about, you know, building up their, you know, the purchase price so they can sell their franchise. You know, they were more about making money than they were about putting a quality team on the field. And Steinbrenner was never about that. Steinbrenner was always about, you know, whatever money I've got is going to go back in the team. Right. And then since then with the Yes Network and some of the, the things that they've done, they you know, they are an incredibly successful franchise. And I believe they're the most valued franchise in sports. Wow. But the thing about Stanton I find interesting is Stanton's a big guy. Okay, Stanton's 6'6", 245 pounds. Wow. And he's going to be the little guy between those two. Right. Because Judge is 6'7", 285. Right. Just a monster. And so, so I can't wait. You know, Stanton just towers over where everybody. Where is Stanton going to play? You know, I'm not sure. Because what. he's also a right fielder They're as both, well as Jar- Judge. Right. They're both right fielders. Yeah. 
So I really don't know what they're going to do. If, if they're going to one in right, one in left. I mean, it's... the thing about, uh, you know, being a right fielder, neither one of them are a left fielder. You know, I mean, they, they have so many outfielders yeah. that some other moves are going to have to be made, but you kind of figure that one of them is going to be the first judge the first base. No, you got bird. Yeah. That's a great first baseman. Yeah, he is. So, yeah, I mean, you've got Bird, and, and of course, now you've got Sanchez. So, okay, you have the American League home run leader in Judge. You have the Major League home run leader in Stanton. You also have Sanchez, who through his first 170 games has 53 home runs, so right. a f- full season. And you've got Bird, who probably can hit somewhere in the 30s. Yep. You know, and you've got a couple other guys in, in Gardner and – and Gregorius that, you know, were in the twenties, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they could, they could just in the Yankee stadium. Isn't, you know, Yankee stadium is small, very Homer friendly. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Right field, right center. Yeah. Center field is forever. That's a, that's a pretty good poke. But again, we're talking about guys that, that these guys aren't just, you know, clearing the wall home runs. Right. <laughs> I mean, some of judges home runs and stand past were, you know, clear, beyond the bleachers up in, you know, luxury box country mm-hmm. in, in right field yeah, in cool. center field in left field. You know, these things are, you know, 500 foot home runs. Right. Yeah. It's insane to consistently hit a ball over 450 yards. Bombs. Feet. Correct. That'd be cool too. Yeah. That'd be a long shot. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's exciting with that. And now we have also a new manager. So Aaron Boone, Right. You know, he's taken over for Girardi and, and Aaron Boone is, he's really a cool guy. I've always liked him. Uh, his claim to fame was hitting the home run in the 11th inning off of Wakefield. That Yeah, I, I still to this day totally think that he has no business hitting that home run. Right. No, no well, he's hitting it's, it off a knuckleballer, you know, Wakefield. And so the ball's bouncing around. Just, and he just, it's one of those things where you just, you swing and hope that the ball moves to where the bat is. Well, just based on the team that he was around and, and the guys that were there, I just remember him being the guy I didn't want at the plate right then. Yeah. As opposed to everyone else. I think that that's just kind of the way I felt. And I think that's what you're trying to say is we would have wanted anyone else to be at that plate, but. Well, he, he really up. wasn't known as a, a home run hitter. Right. But still he hit it. Right. And you know the Yankees move on to the to the World Series. The thing about Aaron Boone, you know, he comes from a major league baseball family household. Yeah, you know, his grandfather was a major league player. His dad was. His brother, his dad was a manager. He is incredibly knowledgeable. And the thing that they wanted was somebody more personable because that's the thing about Girardi. Girardi was pretty rigid, and he didn't really communicate with his players as much as the today's manager needs to. Yeah. I I think that with with Boone it's it's interesting cuz there's a perspective out there. Hey, oh. Yo, okay. Hey, uh real quick, can we get a buzz level? 6.5. 8. Ouch. <laughs> uh okay, well I am at uh probably a 4.36. Zach I'm uh I'm rocking a six. Nice. So two sixes, and I'm oh, yeah. I'm trailing big time here. But oh. you guys came over more prepared than I was. That's mm-hmm. true. Sitting here and waiting. So that's, that's very true. Uh, you're also drinking beer, and we're not. Yeah, you know, just it's it's the first podcast I think that I've had a beer, and yeah, I don't know that I'm going to stay with it. I think I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to move on to. You know, I go back to to where I've I done know it in the past, and. Uh, can uh, not be the best. Yeah, because you're not trying to slam, you know. Yeah. It's about efficiency. Yeah, it's true. But what the perspective was. Oh, here we go. There it is. Is that with Aaron Boone and the team that they have right now with all this young talent and everyone kind of coming up, that it's just kind of he needs to just be there and be that likable presence and be someone that's kind of riding the wave almost let you know let these guys do what they need to do 
Well, um, yeah, relating to the younger players. Yeah. One of the things I've always loved about Aaron Boone, and towards the end of his career, and, and once he was done playing, he got into broadcasting, and that's what he's been doing. But he can mimic every other player. He can mimic everybody's swing. It's just hilarious. He does these little things, and he would do it before games or in batting practice. <laughs> so, you know, every every swing... Yeah, you know, you have little mannerisms, little things you do, right? You know, it's it's like the the guy, YouTube guy with basketball players. Yeah, yep. uh, B dot A dot. Okay, yeah, you know that was Aaron Boone. Is that you know it, it was just hilarious, some of the stuff that he does, and I think that he'll keep things pretty relaxed with that because he has a great sense of humor. So yeah. we'll see. You know, it's it, you, but what about a baseball mind? You know, is he well, gonna make I, all the right decisions. Well, you know, he's going to get the opportunity. You know, baseball has gone into a lot of, as all sports are now with analytics. So it's, you know, put every situation that happens, everything that may happen, and you put it in a computer and it spits out, this is what you should do. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? There's a, there's a lot of effort with the Yankees to, uh, to work, uh, you know, with that analytics. Right. Uh, but you still have to make the decisions uh, on the field. You've got to be consistent. That was the thing Girardi always said, you know, you may not, agree with my choices, but I'm going to be consistent. And that's important. I think in anything, you know, it's just always taking the same approach. That I way agree. People kind of understand. Yeah. That's why you, you, you're on the same page at that point. You know, there's no confusion. It's when there's confusion. That's when problems start happening. Yeah. And the only, the other thing I want to mention about the Yankees, I think the two young players, Clint Frazier and Glaber Torres are going to have a difficult time getting on the field. And they're two studs. You know, they're young players. Glaber Torres is a shortstop, but can play third. We got rid of uh, Chase Headley. Yep, right. Which that was a great contract dump. Yeah, yeah. Getting rid of him, I think, was good. And also Sterling Castro getting yeah. rid of the $22 million that was owed to him. So Definitely. we have an opening at second base, and we have an opening at third base. And Anjuhar is is the third baseman in the minors that may get a shot, but now they're talking about Machado Machado. Yeah. Manny Machado from, from Baltimore. Maybe they end up with him. You think he, would he play? You think, cause I, I heard that he wants to play short. He is a shortstop, which and I he, mean, he moved a third you with know, the Orioles, right? To, yeah. For Baltimore. Yeah. Because they needed a third baseman and he's a really good third baseman. Right. And he's a really good shortstop. Does that, I mean, do you think he would rather play second then? I mean, I don't think he wants to play second. I think. Well, I guess at that point you're on the other side of the field, and that's yeah, I think that if the Yankees got him, which I don't think will happen. Yeah, but if the Yankees got him, he'd be he'd play third base. Third wouldn't be too bad. No, but I'd like to see Glaber Torres get a shot. But yeah, it's exciting. I mean, it's you know we had one year of of things kind of down, and you know we got rid of all the high priced talent. You know all the the old guys. You know asking, you know, telling A-Rod, just go away. Right. And paying him to not play baseball. And Mark Teixeira getting rid of, of uh, McCain, the catcher, McCann. although yeah. McCann, McCann. Uh, although he went to Houston and won the World Series, so right. maybe he has the last laugh. Hey, good for him. But he was the guy that always hit into the shift and made me crazy. You know, left-handed hitter, yeah, just rolling over balls to the second baseman and short right field and get thrown out constantly. So, okay, so the Yankees, it's going to be exciting. I'm really excited about this season. It's going to be a good one, that's for sure. And then tomorrow we have... Uh, well, the, by, by the time that this comes out, it won't be tomorrow. Well, yeah, but right now it's tomorrow. Well, no, right now it's today. Well, right? the game is tomorrow. But when the game comes, it'll just be today. Okay. Yeah, it'll be so Saturday. At, at some, yeah, at some point, and time is relative... There, so we'll just okay. say at some point, okay, I I I can there get will, behind that. There will be a football game, or in front of, or beside, because it's irrelevant. Okay, yeah, nice. There's going to be a game. There's going to be a game in Las Vegas at one point in time. Boise State, Oregon. Oh yeah, Boise State's supposed to have a really good defense. Okay, Oregon's supposed to have a really good quarterback. Yeah, offense scoring fifty points a game. It'll be exciting. Yeah, so we'll and see then, who comes out on top. 
you know, from that point, then it's waiting for spring ball again. And then, oh my God, waiting for the fall. X <sighs> factor of the game in Las Vegas, Kanai Benoit going to yeah. run for over 150 yards, calling it. Nice. Yeah, I definitely, I think that uh, Brooks James obviously is going to get a little bit more playing time as well. Uh, we're saying both of those facts because Royce Freeman, the workload, uh, workhorse, I guess, is is out. Not not going to be playing. Right, he's not going to play, although Tyler uh, Crosby is going to play. Nice. Tyrell. Tyrell. Crosby. Bing. Crosby. Oh, let's yeah. call him Bing. Right, exactly. Is that... Do other people call him that, or is that just like a little bit racist? Bing Crosby is, Bing a, Crosby white, is a white singer. Uh, singer. Oh, I thought Bing Crosby was a black guy. No. Oh, I'm a racist. Yeah. Damn. No kidding. Totally. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ooh, we that, outed you right here. No. That, was a, that was a good sequence of events right there. <laughs> yeah, so Bing, I'm excited to watch him play. I mean, he's the best, uh, best um, offensive lineman in the Pac-12. Yeah, I think so. One I think he's in the nation. He's not as cute as this dog. Yeah, Aria is is with us today as well. It's a good point, though. She hasn't had much to say. I don't. That's okay. Really feel that Tyrell Crosby is as cute as Aria. I just no. I, that's that's a fact. Is that racist? No, but okay. but Aria is a black dog. Yeah. Well, and yeah. not a white guy. Right. Uh, not seeing the correlation. Yeah, no, uh, we're kind of losing it here. So that's okay. Actually, Bing Crosby and Terrell Crosby are probably closer to each other than yeah. Aria. And Terrell I think Crosby. so. Uh, they're yeah. both humans. So once again, Tina, we've all enjoyed being in you, and a one time or another. Thanks a lot for uh, for giving us what you had left. <laughs> She just leaked so much everywhere. Oh, yeah, at the end. Yeah, it was just everywhere. No, like over the last year on that street that I lived on, oh. I, would, I would look around and be like, oh, I park there a lot. I park there a lot. Just oil marks everywhere just on the street. a lot of oil. <laughs> like a lot. Yeah, I know the, the picture that, that I saw um, looked really bad. I mean, there wasn't just one spot. There were like a half a dozen spots under her. So, you know, just you know, waving goodbye, you know, your family rallied to, to get you home. It'd be cool to see it and uh, turned into a cube. Cool. Like crushed into a cube. Yeah. That's what they do with cars. Yeah. Well, yeah, but we're probably not going to see that. No, nah, I don't think that's... there's going to be any footage of that. Mm. Good thought though. So Zach, thanks for coming in uh, and sharing your, your pain. I know it's hard for you. Well, I, uh, I, I appreciate the celebration of her life. Well, and this will always be there, you know? Yeah. I mean, this will always, you can go back and listen at any time. And uh, anytime you need to celebrate anything too, you just let us know. We're going to be here to celebrate with you. I appreciate that. Just give us a, you know, chance to enjoy beverage. Okay, yeah, we're, we're, yeah. Lo- we're losing Zach. I, I think he's flashing back to, uh, to the Yankees, uh, Yankees, the Yankee game. So, Adam, thanks again for just having a great night, bringing the energy. Just trying to, you know, show everyone what I got. Yeah. I think well, this is a really good podcast. Yeah. Personally. Well, I think they're all really good. I can't think of a single <laughs> one that I haven't enjoyed. They're always fun to do. Okay, so I think that's it for tonight. Thanks, guys. More perspectives later. We live in a world of capital of a progression. Where you can shop for spreading love, but on a wealth obsession. Money can't help you see the light. In the end, you can't buy yourself a Porsche when you're dead. Well, mama said that I don't gotta be part of the world to truly love. Pray for a difficult life to live and rise above it. This is the time my mass soul is being tasted. So let's do everything we can before I
the good ones of today Point them out to me so I can come and join their rate We'll walk around this land with open hands Looking for change, we'll want to understand It's progression we have at hand Humanity is killing wheat, for this we will not stand I say let's progress in good contest Make conference, then love our best Our onslaught of love will be at an all-time high Crashing like waves on some ponderosa pines Our love that makes no sense We who spend love at no expense We are a force of passion Creating a new faction Taking action, working hard Just for the satisfactions With the abilities to shine so bright That others wanna fight Because our light is in their eyes